0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you in the house. There's still something about uh, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves. Uh, together. I know that some can't, some won't. Uh, That's okay. I'm free from who comes and who doesn't come because the uh, church is still going on. I said the church is still going on. Last I checked, Jesus is still building this church. You want to be part of what Jesus is doing, you're going to have to be a part of the church. Church was not man's idea, church is God's idea. And I know that we would love to substitute good ideas for God ideas, but honey, uh, you don't want to run that out to how that works out for you, because in these days and time, just outside of the circle of God's blessing, the curse is running rampant. I said the curse is just outside of the circle of God's blessing, stay in the center uh, of God's will for your life. Speaking of the center of God's will for your life, you know, Pastor Sandy and I uh, committed a significant amount in a faith promise. We didn't have it. Uh, we committed $200 a month. That's not in our budget. We had a shortfall in our budget to begin with. We were having to live by faith uh, due to, you know, uh, some silly decisions, some smart decisions, you know, uh, but nevertheless, or it, you know, we have a lot of folks right now experiencing not a surplus but a shortfall. But the way uh, to a, a surplus is to sow and grow your way there. So, uh, in uh, um, we, as Saint said, we were believing God, uh, and uh, um, let me give you some specifics. You know, we uh, had a choice. We, uh, you know, but we took. Uh, Uh, had some money had um, um, come in uh, through a supernatural supply, nothing to do with the church. Nobody gave us any money because we were a preacher or anything like that. This came uh, in a different thing that we were believing God for and uh, uh, where the farm was concerned. Well, we took uh, paid tithes, and then we took $200 out of that and sowed it as uh, a seed. Uh, Within just a few days, um, we... um, uh, we had a uh we had a four thousand dollar bill uh that was pressing in us that was going to uh, be due in january four thousand dollars and uh um, so anyway through a series of uh events uh we were uh um we were relieved of uh of that we had debt forgiveness first of all from God but also in the natural. Uh, you know, uh, that bill was paid in full after we had sown the thing. Now, you know, there are circumstances that are involved that, you know, uh, um, you know wisdom from God, a lot of different things. I'll tell you, you know, we had an extra vehicle, uh, and uh, we were able to uh, uh, trade title for title. It was twice as what we got twice as much for that vehicle as we would if we tried to sold it here on the yard. Amen. All right? I'm going to tell on God. The Bible says prove God. Tell on God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm on my way out of debt completely and totally, and I need a supernatural supply. Well, supernatural supply. God will put his super on your naturals. Are you, are you listening? The blessing is supernatural. All right? So we want to get over into the blessing of God. I want to, I need to declare a thing before we get down into uh, uh, our message um uh, um, today, which is, the title is uh, Perfect Picture. But I want to declare this to you th- uh, today, and this is a prophetic word. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm dec- uh, the prophetic, there is a declaration, all right? Um, and if it's believed, it can be received. So you every prophetic word has to be judged, the Bible says. Let every... Word be judged, so you got to judge it first of all for yourself. I want to declare this: there, there is a season shift that we're in right now. We're in the final phase of readying and ripening of the harvest of 2020. The spiritual year shifts in uh, September uh, with the Jewish calendar. Our natural year shifts with a Gregorian uh, uh, calendar, uh, of course the end of it being in December the the end and the beginning of the new Ju- of the spiritual year which is the Jewish calendar in September uh the end and the beginning of uh the natural year the Gregorian calendar is uh December and of course the 31st to the 1st of the new year but in the natural year uh we're moving into what is widely uh Widely recognized as a season, autumn, the season of fall, the season of the harvest uh, of uh, the year. And I want to uh, declare this to you it's time to dust off the dream machine that you're going to use to reap with. Time to dust off the dream machine. Now, you know, we've looked at all the disaster long enough. Are you listening? We're coming through and coming out. It's time to dust off. You know, dream with God. God's got a dream that's beyond how things are right now. God has a vision beyond today. Are you listening? The dream of God goes on in your life. And you'll see how all this fits together Uh, in that. You know, get more of your life in kingdom. Let the the scale tip get more of the measure, your measure of kingdom. Because... In the harvest, everybody goes to their own measure. That's what was prophesied at the beginning of this year, each to his own measure. And we're going to read scripture for that. But dust off the dream machine, uh, your reaper. Fire up faith. Knock the rust off your believing because it's time to ready your own self for the reapings of the harvest in what the Lord has continually through this year called the fall of all. Galatians, the sixth chapter And I want to read this to you. It says, verse 7, Make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked, for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the Spirit. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, speci- others especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. So you need to be blessed and be determined to be a blessing. But also realize uh, this, the fall of all is all that has been sown, Has been grown in this year. Okay. And it will be shown in the harvest that it might be known. So you can judge your harvest for your own self. And there are two going to be two piles. The pile of the corruption, so to speak. You know. uh, Where, uh, you know, more. uh, uh, The Bible talks about the corruption that's in the world. All right. Or. There is the wonderful things, the blessings of God, the wonderful things of the Spirit of God, where you'll reap life from the Spirit of God, days of heaven on earth. Amen? Now, it's grow-up time, see? We're going to graduate from the lesson of planting a little watermelon seed in a uh, styrofoam cup to learn the master lesson in life that whatever you sow is what you reap. You can't plant a water. You can't plant no seed. You'll get you'll get more weeds than anything because there's no bare ground. There's no bare ground in this earth. It'll get covered up with something. Amen. The good news is, man, I get to choose what I saw. So I get to choose what what. Harvest the Lord will Lord for me. Amen. But this is a word in the name of Jesus. I declare the release of the increase of this. God give us eyes to see the seed in the harvest that shone. Help us this to be known in Jesus name. Amen. Boy, I tell you, if you catch a hold of the revelation of this and there is a revealing, it says what? It says the harvest that uh, we reap reveals the seed that was planted. We need the revelation of this. All right. The good news is, if you don't like what you see, look in this old book, and you can sow something different than what you've been to sowing. Amen. All right. So, uh, uh, Psalms one thirty three. Well, I'll tell you what. Now there's just a great confidence that we can have. From the Word of God, about the will of God and the way of God, this you don 't have to be unsure and unstable and shaken all about uh, in all of this stuff god 's Word remains the same because the one that gave that word remains the same. it works. Whether there's a storm or a sunshiny day, whether we're up, down, and all around, it, it doesn't matter. If everything else shakes and falls to the ground, God's word is still the same. And the word is no respecter of persons. God will not be mocked. You cannot sow one thing and reap something else. Do it God's way. Just do it God's way. The blessing depends on obedience. Obedience to what? The Word of God as revealed by the Spirit of God. Remember, sowing seeds to the Spirit of God, the spirit life, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's the difference. Now, the perfect picture is a new vision for our life, Psalms 133, how truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity this is how god sees us now it, now whether it's working or not working you know and aren't we a work in progress the brother in and the sister in praise the lord uh we're so glad that god is still working i told the lord you know uh uh, uh about my uh you know, I looked out in my driveway, and, you know, I've, I've, I've got this old truck I'm I'm fairly favorable to. It, it's it been real good to me, Amen. It was my first farm truck, and she's experiencing some hiccups. And I said, God, all my horses are tired. They're old, and they're tired. He said, well, thank God you got a horse. I said, praise the Lord, I've walked before now. I'll ride in more raggedy-rickety if I have to, amen. Thank God I'm still riding. I still got a horse head hung down, you know, or whatever, but I still got one, glory to God, that'll get me where I'm going. How many of you know that you can find something to be thankful for? That'll at least get you in the gate now. Are you listening? You know, rumbling and a-grumbling and a-complaining and a-fussing and a-cussing about this one and that one and that thing and this thing. I'll tell you what, be thankful. Be grateful. You know, hang out with God. Amen. Be out there kicking the gate, talk about, well, you know, if they hadn't done this to me. forget about them. Are you listening? Well, I can't forget about it. Then forgive them. Well, I'm going to forgive, but I can't forget. Well, you haven't forgiven then enough. Are you listening? In the measure that it takes, because, you know, have you ever woke up in the morning and the Lord says, now, just hold on now, you know. Uh, This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. And the Lord goes, "Eh, wait a minute now, you remember that day you did so-and-so? I never have had Jesus remind me of anything. Now the devil will come back and say, Lord, I'm so sorry that back in 1983 that I did that. And the Lord said, did what? You remember that? He said, no, I don't remember that. Well, that sin, well, I don't remember that sin. What are you talking about? See, the only one that will bring that up is the devil. So if you've got this perpetual problem of what somebody did or what happened, you know, all that, then, you know, it ain't God bringing it up. Are you listening? See, it's the devil. And why are you running with the devil anyway? Why are you listening to him? My sheep know my voice. God's voice is like, you know, Uh, We better dig on down in here because you know people do we got a lot of drive-by sightings. Yeah, I saw it. No, you didn't see it, honey. Pull in the driveway. I'm gonna open up the gate. Let's park a while. There's some flowers in this field we need to smell. Amen. You can't this is not a drive-by thing. This is how God sees his church, the body of Christ. The church, the family, brothers and sisters. And I'm going to tell you something now. You know, Jesus gave us an example, told us who our family was. Amen. He said, them that do the will of God. Are you listening? Them that do, they're my mother and my brother and my sisters. that he was talking about because his mama was upset with him. His brothers were, didn't see it. He had to deal with that the whole way through. But thank God old James came in, pastored the church in in Jerusalem. Mary was there on the day of Pentecost. See, you stay faithful to God, God will stay faithful to you. He'll take care of things, amen? That doesn't mean don't do, but I'm going to tell you what now. uh, You know, there is a family by the blood of Jesus that's even greater than our flesh and blood. Doesn't mean our flesh and blood isn't important, but that's not the only family that we have. Amen. Now, he says it's precious. You know, something becomes precious when it's rare. When there's a scarcity that adds the preciousness to it. It also says it's valuable. It's valuable. This is valuable to us as the brethren and sistren, but it's also very valuable to God. This is how he wants the body to function in a unity, a sweet unity, the Bible says. He wants uh, us to uh, operate together in a oneness that Jesus prayed for and paid for. I said he prayed for it, but then he paid for it. All right? It's precious, the Bible says, as a sacred-scented oil, which, remember, we looked at this last week, represents the anointing. And the anointing is, uh, you know, uh, reserved for, in this instance, it says the anointing oil that was flowed over, was poured from the head of the high priest. In this instance, it's it's, it's talking about Aaron, because we're in the Old uh, testament, but Aaron, Aaron was a type of Jesus being our high priest. The Bible says he is our high priest. And remember uh, this, I want to um, read over here in Revelation just to remind us because, you know, uh, sometimes we tend to, we, we, we have these drive-by sightings and so we saw it, so we think we know it where the word is concerned. The word is a seed. It is the holy, incorruptible seed of God that has to be watered and cultivated, sown, grown, and then harvested. Come to full fruition. So Peter said it this way as a pastor. He goes, I don't don't mind reminding you again of the things I told you the last time we were together. Because it's important that we get this. If we don't see ourselves, the church as the body of Christ, the oneness in which God's in the sweet unity, then we're not. Uh, uh, then then we're not going to experience that. See, if we don't see ourselves the way God sees us, this is the mirror. This is how we are supposed to look. And it will help us to correct anything that don't look like that when in, our, in our life, in our experience, in our character, our conduct, whatever. See, this is the mirror. It's God's mirror. And the Bible says that the way that we're changed is when we look into that mirror. And we keep looking until we see Jesus. Are you listening? And then we see us in his light. Well... Here's uh, in the book of Revelation again. This was, uh, John was caught up, had a revelation, saw uh, a thing in heaven. And it says, and they were all singing this new song of praise to the Lamb. Because you were slaughtered for us, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Your blood was the price paid to redeem us. You purchased us to bring us to God. Out of every tribe, language, people group, and nation, you have chosen us to serve our God. So I'm going to have brothers and sisters that are not like me. Don't look like me. On the outside. But one blood has weighed us, one in Christ. One body. One in Him. Amen. And he's chosen us, every tribe, language, people, group, and nation, he's chosen us to serve our God. Now, why would you bring that up? Well, because it just seems like that, you know, the ism we have today, the division in the body is that, you know, uh, uh, is that there's not a us here. There's not a we, there's a me. It's upside down. Are you listening? Need to turn it right side up so it can receive. You know the M's like this needs to be turned up like this so that it can receive vision from God. Well, you know who's the one that's supposed to see first? To see the brethren and the sisters doing this. If the church, who is the light of the world, if it, if we're not walking in that light, how in the world are everybody in the dark ever going to see it? I mean, it's time to, you know, we get got to grow up into him, into the unity, the oneness of the faith, of the Son of God, how he believes, how he sees things, how he does things. It doesn't matter what, well, they this or they that. Who are you looking at? Look at him. Let's look to Jesus, looking away from all that would distract. Amen. All the everyones and the everythings that would distract us from seeing Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm following Paul. I'm following Apollos. And Paul said that. He goes, who are we? We plant and we water, but the one that gives increase is Jesus. It's Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noontime, and Jesus when the sun go down. Jesus all night long. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And when he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him own self. But you only get to choose for your own self. Who are you going to look to? Who are you looking at? And when we look to him and we see him for how he really is in the light of revelation, see... uh uh, of god well it's going to change us i said it's going to change us all right well it says this you have chosen us jesus chose us to serve our god and formed us into a kingdom of priests who reign on the earth so you know uh this talks about the head of the high priest who is the uh, the head of the church jesus The lordship of Jesus. So every idea and impulse to the rest of the body comes from the head. The head runs things. I said the head runs things. Amen. That's why he said it's the oil, the anointed, the anointing of the anointed one flowing from the head. Over down over the beard, you know, on the face. And you know we ought to be the people, it hits first the face, we ought to be the people that are looking to live in the light of his countenance, face to face with God. We ought to be looking for the smile of God. We ought to not settle for way out at the gate. Honey, get up in God's face. He wants to pull you up so close that you can, listen, breathe breath into you. That you, that you smell the sweet fragrance. I mean, doing life together with God in that measure. What's your measure? See, are you satisfied with a little bit, a little dabble, do you? Or you want to live as a friend of God, as a child of God, as a brethren and a sister? Want to live as a son or a daughter of God, walking in the anointing of the anointed one? There's more to all this. And there's more of God than all this. Praise the Lord. And I need a little more measure. We prophesied this year that it would be a year of the more measure. Well, I guess so. But I'm going to tell you the God that I know and serve has a whole lot more than the devil could ever come up with. I mean, the devil can set the world on fire. The father of the rain will make it rain and Hallelujah. Forgive me for getting a little excited, but I mean, I just have a sense of the turning. I have a sense of, we've been, you know, sometimes it gets a little scarce. When you put everything, when you put every seed you could in the ground and you're waiting on it, you gotta wait on it, you gotta wait on it. Sometimes, you know, you're gnawing on all the way down to the uh, roots in this pasture while that one's a growing. But boy, there comes a day God's gonna let the fence down and we're going in there and reap it. We're gonna reap what's been growing. I've been sowing to the Spirit of God. See, I'm not, it ain't a time to quit, God. Move far away from God? Just go do your own thing? Bring your own good idea to the thing? Honey, no, 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 no. You know, well, it's too hard. It's too strong. It's been too long. Well, let me tell you something. Adversity will either uh, make you or break you. It'll either you, drive you away from God or it'll drive you further into God. Praise the Lord, Everybody. Well, Jesus is our high priest, and the, the the headship of Jesus. But also, it says you need to realize that you have been formed into an, a priesthood, a holy priesthood. The Bible says so. So, there is this responsibility to reflect the headship of Jesus, to be are you listening? In this vision that God has for us, to see what God sees, see ourselves as God sees that. Uh, Living in in under the anointing with the anointed one. Well, let's look at the priesthood of Jesus. You know, because a lot of people misunderstand uh, Jesus. You know, oh, Jesus, one of a kind. No, the Bible says he's the first firstborn among many brethren. If he was one of a kind, you're lost forever. He wasn't one of a kind. He was the first. Are you listening? Of a kind that God wanted. Of a kind that would submit himself to the absolute authority of the Father. That said, I didn't come to do my own thing. I came to do your thing. And even if that cost me everything, I still came to do your thing. The headship of Jesus, the lordship of Jesus. Is what's at issue here. Always has been, always will be. Who's going to lord your life? The good God or the other God, who ain't so good. That boils all the way down to our everyday choices, our walk and our talk, our thoughts, everything about us, because it comes down from the head all over the whole body. See, the anointing is before the blessing. You're going to have to operate in the anointing of the anointed one before you operate in the blessing of the blessed one. Well, let's look at this Jesus. What type what did, well, the priest was a mediator who had access to God, but also came out from the presence of God and ministered God to the people. He stood in a very unique position and had to have a very unique position. His responsibility was he couldn't go into the presence of God without the blood. You know what the blood of Jesus purchased for you? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is how we are connected to God. Well, I think it was a love. Well, love forgave. If God if the if love didn't act, are you listening? Then then it's just love out here all by itself. You our connection with God. God's God all by Himself, but think about this. What is the connection to God? Well, God from His part forgave all of our sin. Forgave everyone of everything. The only sin that will land you in condemnation and hell is rejecting Jesus who forgave everybody, built the bridge as far as he can go. But you got to get on that bridge, and how do you connect with God? Forgiveness. Re- believing and receiving the forgiveness that was bought and paid for. Oh, all of the other benefits for sure, but it says don't forget the, benefits of the, the wonderful benefits of God, Psalm 113, who forgives first, Forgiveness. The forgiveness of God is the, is the connection with God. It is the ultimate connection with God. Let me tell you something. And unforgiveness is the ultimate disconnect with God. Let's uh, look at this. Jesus forgives. He bought this unity, remember, this oneness. And it takes its expression in forgiveness. Not our measure of forgiveness, but his measure of forgiveness. I want to look at Matthew's, uh, at Matthew over here, the 18th chapter. And I'm going to tell you, offense is the oldest trick in the book. And it's the most used because it's the most effective. The devil will use offense. Jesus uh, went... Uh, Uh, all through this chapter, uh, really. And he can, um, you can do this for your homework. But in the, read the 18th chapter of Matthew. Study the 18th chapter. Because this will be the one skill. Are you listening? And it is a skill. I said forgiveness is a skill. We need to get skillful at the good stuff. Forgiveness is the absolute uh, uh, ultimate uh, where uh, antidote, if you will, to the poison of offense. You need to treat strife and offense as, as, uh, you know, as a poison weed, not just noxious, honey, toxic. It will take over and kill every good thing in your life. Let's read this, and I'll show you. It says, Later, Peter um, approached Jesus and said, How many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times? And I'm telling you, he's probably pretty generous because probably most people said one cheek, two cheek, smack in the mouth. One, two, the third count, you're down, done and down. So I'm sure he at least doubled it. And I'm sure he got really spiritually significant. He goes, you know, seven is the number of perfection. So so probably God would only require us to forgive seven times. Cindy, you probably had to forgive me more than seven times in our walk together over the last 40-something years, haven't you? You can't see her, but her head's going like this. Pretty soon her arms are going to be waving, saying, praise the Lord. There'd been some days, I mean, I used that double. I had to have a triple measure, being dumb as a rock, stupid as a stone, dumber than dirt. Come on, girls, you should say something there. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, Peter's being real spiritual. You know, there are times Peter really was spiritual. He's a, He's very zealous, but he'd stick his foot, you know in his mouth, and get crossways. He said, now, Lord, just how many times? I'm all up in this forgiveness stuff, but I need to know how many times, because, you know, forgiveness, where my measure, it is limited. So Jesus goes on. He said, Jesus answered, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times seven. 70 times seven times. Seventy times, seven times. And I'm sure Peter's going, yeah. Judas, give me the beans. We need, to, we need to do some math here. It's before the abacus. It was all that. You know, somebody, are you, I don't know if Peter was good at math or not. He was a fisherman, you know, sometimes. Anyhow, nothing offense, no offense to the, people get offended over the silliest thing. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you what now, pastor's prejudice against fishermen. Well, only one that I know who puts you in the boat and puts his side on the fish side and your side on the other side, and you don't catch nothing. He catches a lot. I won't mention names. Amen. Let's move forward. But I was forgiven. I was forgiven. Amen. Seventy times seven. Uh, what, I'm sure that just blew Peter's mind. I'm sure that that just, you know, what Jesus just saying, unlimited. You're limiting and, you're ta- and, and you need to understand that unforgiveness in the kingdom is unlimited. He said this, the lessons of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. And he tells a very significant story. It says, there once was a king. Who's the king in the kingdom? Jesus. I said, who's the king of the kingdom? Jesus who had servants who had borrowed money from the royal treasury. He decided to settle accounts with each of them, and as he began the process, it came to his attention that one of his servants owed him $1 billion. $1 billion. That's a lot of smack, honey. That's a lot of moolah. That's a lot of mucho dinero. Every how you want to say it, that's a lot of coin. That's a lot, a a billion dollars, all right? So he summoned the servant before him. He said, pay me what you owe me. You know, uh, uh, the king will call us into account one day for how we've spent our lives. But it says, when the servant was... Unable to repay his debt, the king ordered that he be sold as a slave, along with his wife and children, every possession that they owned, as payment toward his debt. Now, this is a significant point. I realize that you know, because this is a story about forgiveness and unforgiveness, and it's not just going to affect you. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your future going to affect everything and everyone that you are associated with and touch and have anything to do with. Well, the servant threw himself face down on his master's feet and begged for mercy. Please be patient with me. Just give me one more time and I will repay you all that I owe. How are you going to pay a billion dollars? How are you going to come up with a billion dollars? Well, if he, he probably, see, how are you going to figure out how to do life with God? Trying to, you know, trying to pay a debt that, listen, that Jesus already paid because you owed so much you could never get there. You could never be good enough. You could never do enough. You could never, never, ever, see, earn enough to to buy the grace, of, or pay back the grace of God. Any of that, it, you know, the, the mistake here, he goes, just give me more time. I can do this. I want to. But see, he's begging for mercy, but his measure of mercy is, I just need more time. You know, I'll run a little faster on the treadmill of performance. I'll just try harder. I'll just do more. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, and the it says this, that uh, upon hearing his pleas, the king had compassion on him. He needed mercy. He didn't know, though, that he needed a billion dollars worth. He needed more mercy than he could factor up in his own efforts. He, need, he underestimated the generosity. Are you listening? The generous gift of God. God. And we do that today. See? We put our... Well, anyhow. We put ourselves on this performance thing that, you know, and that's our measurement that, you know, if I just pray enough, if I just... Give enough if I just obey enough. And the minute I mess up, I'm going, God, give me more time. I'll get it better next time. I'll do it right. God says, you can never do it right unless you accept the righteousness that you could never own yourself, that I gave it to you. Jesus became wrong for you so that you could become right with him. Boy, he had compassion on his servant and he released him. He forgave the entire debt. Everyone say, entire. All of it, honey. All of it was forgiven. Every bit of it. A billion dollars. But no sooner had the servant left when he met one of his fellow servants who owed him $20,000 he seized him by the throat and began to choke him, saying, you better pay me right now everything you owe me. His fellow servant threw himself face down the same way he had just been face down just a few moments before and said the same thing. Please be patient with me. If you'll just give me time, I will repay you all that's owed. But the one who had his debt forgiven stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed him. You know why? Sometimes that we stubbornly refuse to forgive other people because we don't know how much we're forgiven. We come right out realizing that, you know, uh, excuse me, come right out uh, from the presence of God by the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit witnessed in our heart. He forgave Allah and we're still trying to pay. So then we got to make others pay. We're still operating in our measure, so that's how we measure ev- everybody else. What is 20000 in light of a billion? Lost. A penny on the sidewalk. Are you listening? But see, he still feels like he has to perform. He has to pay. He has to be perfection all by himself. So now... That measure is projected onto other people. It says, stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed him. Now, there's some things you should be absolutely stubborn over, but this is not one of them. Boy, I've been that guy. Boy, I have rolled over and over and tossed and turned in my life trying to justify my wrongness, trying to justify, you know, well, they wronged me. And God says, well, no, listen, you've wronged me. Yeah, but that's not the same. You forgave. He goes, so you need to forgive. Well, no, it's not the same. You love people. And you don't. Well, not a, I didn't say that. Well, what's the alternative? Because love forgives. But I'm not going to forget. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If you'll pray that all the way through, if you'll pray for those that you feel like have despitefully used you, and honestly pray for them, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in their life. I want them to go to hell, God. I want them to suffer hell. Well, guess who's going to have hell? The people that will not insist on heaven. Watch this. He had his fellow servant thrown into prison and demanded that he remain there until he repaid the debt. Have you ever heard unforgiveness? I'll make them pay. They'll pay for that. I'll make them pay. They're going on my. They're not. They're not in my good graces. They're going on my bad side. I'll make them pay. Who pays? Who pays for unforgiveness? The one that won't forgive. Those people will go on and forget about it. Are you listening? Then every time you see them, you're reminded of it. Who's reminding you? Not God. The offender who wants to offend you. All right, let's look at this now. When uh, he demanded that he remain until he had repaid the debt in full. See, you owe me an apology. I don't like how you responded to me. You owe me. See, folks don't owe us anything. You know, folks are funny. Folks are fickle. Are you hearing? Folks fail us. God doesn't. But folks will fail us. Let's try to be people that don't fail God or fail other people where do not fail to love them. Let God change them. If you'll love them and you'll forgive them, listen, God can work in there. Amen? Well, I don't know if I want God. To, I don't know if I want them in heaven. Don't say that. You, If they make it to heaven, they're going to be your next-door neighbor. Well, that's not good news, Pastor. Well, get it. If you love them here, it won't be no problem there. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how God would just move in folks that, uh, that rub you the wrong way? The disagreeable people help you more than those that disagree with you and patch in and, and, and say you're just so wonderful. The people that help you to love more and to love better, the people say, I don't like you. You're this, you're that, and I don't like people like that. Boy, it's a grown-up thing today, isn't it? Anyhow, let's go a little bit further. It says, when his associates saw saw what was going on, they were outraged, went to the king and told him the whole story. You know, the king always knows the whole story. God sees when nobody else sees. God knows the heart. Are you listening? God knows if we're stubbornly refusing to give, God knows. Or if we've forgiven freely as we've been forgiven, God knows. Are you listening? And here's what happens. Uh, The king said to him, you scoundrel. Is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged me, I forgave you the massive debt that you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed to you? In a fury of anger, the king turned him over to the prison guards to be tormented, to be tortured until his debt was repaid. In the same way, my heavenly father will deal with any of you, if you do not release forgiveness from your heart toward your fellow believer. Now there's no way to walk in oneness and unity, see, uh, apart from forgiveness. How many times have you had to forgive me in 42 years? Could you count them? Forty-three years, 44. How many years? How many? Forty-five. That's a lot of forgiveness. I said, that's a lot of forgiveness. And there's sometimes I felt justified. You know, I'll tell you what now. If you're going to act like that, then I'm justified in acting like I act. I don't need your forgiveness. Well, no, you don't. But if you're going to live together, you certainly do well, I don't need to forgive, but then you forfeit the anointing of the anointed one and you forfeit the blessing, okay? Because unforgiveness, look, he, he disconnected himself from the good graces of God and God just said, all right, that's the way you want it. Here's what's going to happen. And have you ever been around tortured people? I mean, you always just have a little conversation with them. It's like, well, I'm going to tell you what now, see? I'm going to justify myself. Here's why I don't like church. Here's why I don't like God. Here's why I don't like you. Here's why I don't like that. Here's why I don't like them. See? And, and, and to follow, they're going to, they're going to run all around, you know, and you're going to hear the torment, see, of bitterness, that comes from unforgiveness. Of a toxic, a to, it's not just nox, noxious, it's toxic. Because if you stay in that, it's worse than COVID. You'll breathe that stuff in. Have you ever noticed that the offended want to, want to offend other want other people to be offended with them? The reason why they're telling you that is so that you will be offended, as offended as they are over this or that or them or us or this. Are you lit? Have you been around life long enough to learn the lessons of forgiveness? And some of the lessons of forgiveness is you learn the lessons of unforgiveness, how that works out for us. You know, the one that's in unforgiveness is imprisoned, paying a price, staying with the stubborn refusal to let it go. Leave it go. Get on with it. Amen. Well, it's not that easy. It's easier than staying stuck, than staying in that. Now, I'm not talking about you know. Well, you saying I need to forgive? I didn't say that. Who said this? Who's telling this story? Who's the king in the? Whose words are these? Well, it seemed like you're expounding a lot about. Honey, I could tell you some stories. In my own life, I am just qualified to say I've been that guy. All right, right? Two no, no freedom, no liberty. See, I'm a listen. I'm gonna walk away free. Debt forgiveness. My Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's no one like you, God. There's no one better, no one more perfect than you. You can't improve on anything you say, on any of your ways. Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done. And, Lord, I thank you that I got food. You know, I thank you that all my horses are, you know, uh, uh, old and tired and about wore out. But I still got a horse, God. I thank you for that. Amen. I'm going to ride my horse down there and get me some fried chicken. I thank you that there is fried chicken. Thank God that, you know, they closed them down, but the drive through still opened up. Praise the Lord. I thank you that I still can get fried chicken. Amen. And while I'm at it, Lord, I you know, please forgive me my debts as I forgive those as. as. If I won't forgive, I cannot res- operate in the forgiveness of God. I can't have the forgiveness. I disconnect from God's forgiveness when I refuse to forgive people. I I forfeit the forgiveness of God. How do I know that I forfeited the forgiveness of God? I'm tormented. I'm tormented by what people have done. They probably move way on, but I can't move past it. I'm stuck with it. Well, stuck is not making progress in the process. Prayer empowers the process. That's why Jesus said, listen, if you just love everybody that loves you, everybody can do that. That's all conditional, isn't it? But what about being like your heavenly Father and loving the unlovable, the unlovely? That's how you learn to love more and better and love like God. Well, I'm not interested in, in all of that. Well, you're going to be lonely. You're just going to be, you talk about isolated and lonely and miserable. Are you listening and coming to a, quote, bitter end? Boy, that's something. You know, I'll tell you what now. I have, you know, Sandy hit me over the head one time with a broom way back in when I was going to horseshoe school. In, uh, you remember that? I still remember that now. Why'd she do it? Well, now, that's another story. Uh, I don't want to talk about how I brought stuff on my own self, but, you know, she'd done something wrong, offended me, so I'm going to punish her and make her pay so I didn't talk to her. I'd shut down. Boy, i shut up and shut down. I mean, just, you know, so proud. I mean, I come from people that could not talk for 50 years. Proud of it. Well, I sat in a chair and, you know, and... And uh, here comes this little old ninety-six pound woman with a broom on her hand, and she come put that broom right up over top of my head. She said, "You gonna talk?" (laughs) I got out about as far as, "Oh, I'm supposed to be over here, ain't I?" Oh, here we go. I got out about. I said, "You better." Boom. We was talking. We was talking then. (laughs) <laughs> we started talking. <laughs> you know. I guess I could have gone went and, and got a baseball bat or this or that or whatever but you know, uh you know, two wrongs aren't going to make a right. That was that was how we knew. Now we don't do that now. You know, we don't do that now. You're not going to do that today, are you? You What was that issue, whatever it was, I don't remember what we were fussing over. Isn't that funny? I remember some of the fuss and the myth, but I don't remember what we were fussing there. You know why? Because it really wasn't important. It wasn't that important. The only way it would have been important was you know on the on the filing papers at the, at the uh, lawyer's office in the divorce court because it said irreconcilable differences. Well, what would that be? Woman hit me over the head with a, a broom. Why'd she do that? Because I wouldn't talk to her. And we ain't been able to work it out since then. Well, why not? Can't you forgive her? I'm not going to forgive someone. How would you like to get hit over the head with a broom? We see how silly that is. But in light of that, we can laugh about it now, but at the time, I assure you, it was not funny. No, it wasn't. I would feel it now. It was not funny. It was anything but funny. The only way that we've been able to stay together... And have the sweet unity that we have right now. As we've had to learn the lessons of forgiveness. Because this is a oneness. It starts with. There's no one that's going to be any any more one with you. Than the one when God marries you. He makes you one. The two shall become one. But you can't. You've got to stay one. We're united with God through forgiveness of sin. And we stay one with God. Are you listening? Connected with God by forgiving others. This guy really, I don't think he could forgive himself. He still felt like he just owed. He was, it was just such a thing that I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Couldn't accept. You know, when 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 you owe a billion dollars, you're used to carrying that. You get used to, you know. And you see that, he goes, I can do this. Just give me time, I can do it. And it's like, you can't carry that. You can't do that. And the Lord just let him go. But he couldn't let himself go. So he couldn't let other people go. You know, this, this thing that we're involved in, called the church, the body of Christ, the, the kingdom of God. The lessons of the kingdom, uh, the lessons of heaven, forgiveness, how love works, how faith works, how everything works. Amen? Now, why would this be the wonder, number one sticking point for the devil? Oldest trick in the book, offend you. Just offend you. Get you offended. Because it works. Because it works. It's the quickest way to unplug the power uh, of the love of God. Unplug your faith. Disconnect you from God. Because even God just says, boy, you get over into that. You're running with somebody I can't run with and I'm not going to. And you get sick of tormenting. Getting, being tormented with that unforgiveness, see? Then come back over here and I'll teach you how to forgive. Because you're forgiven. Amen? Isn't it interesting that the one finger pointing towards them disregards the three that are pointing towards me? Amen? Now, who's going to get offended about a, a sermon on unforgiveness? Those that don't want to forgive. Those that will not forgive. Who's going to get offended with a sermon, a, a, a teaching on unity? Those that don't want to unify. <laughs> I'm good with that. Amen. We already read that in this kingdom of every nation, every race, every color, every tribe, every language, are you listening? That it's not about all of that, it's about the kingdom of priests. And the anointing in his anointed one and the blessing of God that is going to be like heaven on earth. And show the world something different than what they have to deal with. Because that's life as normal out there. Isn't that right? Be careful in, in while we're out there among them that we don't become just like them. We want them to become like us. Isn't that right? Praise the Lord, everybody. Well... The Bible says that we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. What, how does that start? We've received forgiveness from God. Jesus bought and paid for forgiveness of sin. There's nothing that you or I or anybody, even the ones, your measurement of them is I'll tell you what. Now, they make it into heaven, I don't know whether I want to be there. Well, you know. The religious people of the day said, why does he hang around with whores and politicians and scum? Why does he do that? And Jesus said, because they're the ones that need me the most. If y'all are okay, see, I'm going to be around the ones that they need to know that they're forgiven the most. They need the love of God the most. Amen. I've been that guy. I've been there. I've been the one that doubted that God's forgiveness could forgive someone like me. Boy, you know God's persistence. There's something about the Spirit of God. When people will pray, the Holy Spirit will show us. To do the greatest miracle, He'll open up our blinded eyes and unstop our blinded ears and realize, you know that sermon that used to be for everybody else, God's talking directly to me. And I'm that guy that needs the mercy of God. I'm that guy that's done, wrong, done most everything wrong. I'm the one that 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 this good news is almost too good to be true, but it is true that Jesus died not just for everyone else, but Jesus died for me. That when Jesus looked down and said, Father, forgive them, he was saying, Father, forgive Bruce. He doesn't know what he's doing. He didn't know that he's forgiven before the foundations of the world that I set my love on you and you could, and you, and my love it knows no limits that you can't sin enough to sin away my love to keep my love out. You can't get dirty enough. You can't get down enough. You can't run far enough with the devil. There's not a hog pen uh, that you can get in that, that, the love of, that when you get there, God's love will be there saying, you need to come on home, son. You need to come on home. I'm going tell you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit today to go within these four walls, beyond these four walls. Lord, there are people that are listening right now that right now I thank you for the love of God that's being shed abroad in their heart, that the Spirit of God is bearing witness to these words and that these words are going to work in your life. Listen, if, you're, if, you're, if you've been that guy or that girl, let me tell you today, I've got good news for you. Jesus loves you. He loved all is forgiven. And if you'll just believe and receive that forgiveness of God, He's going to release you. You've been laboring and tormented with what people have done. I beg you today, let God do something significant in your life. Let God change you. He'll take care of them. But let God change you today. He'll give you a brand new heart. He'll flood you with the forgiveness. The forgiveness that is unlimited, the forgiveness that knows no bounds, has no no requirements other than that you just believe it and receive it. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, forgive me, I didn't know. But I've heard a thing today, and I want that thing today for my own self. Lord, I receive the forgiveness that I believe That Jesus gave freely. And Lord, I release that forgiveness. I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you take care of it. I'm going to let you have them. I'm going to let you take care of them. But I'm coming to you today. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I declare liberty and freedom over you and release this day in the name of Jesus. If you've been bound up uh, and shut up and you, and you found yourself in that prison with no way out, I'm going to tell you what, now Jesus is that way and you are going to walk free today. You just take Listen, if you'll just push on that door a little bit, you'll find out it's been unlocked all along. You'll find out that Jesus... Has released you. And you never have to go back into that trap of unforgiveness again. You'll know, learn the lesson. Listen. Uh, heaven's life lesson. That you never have to fall for that again. Amen. With two simple words. I forgive. You can stay free. You can, you'll, it got you free. And it'll keep you free. It'll keep you free forever. And nothing and no one can make something stick to you again, ever. Amen. Well, Father, we bless you. We thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, I thank you for every listening ear, every life that's represented both near and far. And I thank you, Lord, that you've done a work today from your word in Jesus' name and changed people's lives. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to being with you the next time. It's worth your listening. Amen.